Hey, what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBP. And a special one at that, this is an RTBP first. I did a collab episode with Sophie from Unpaid Emotional Labor, and we got into, and when I say got into, I mean got into season two of Love is Blind, Netflix's blind dating show (laughs) that I swear to God was my most requested topic to cover on this podcast probably since its inception. And we did a collab episode, so I am posting the audio of our conversation, which Spoiler alert, is a long one. And Sophie is posting the video of this episode. So if you want to see all of our reactions, the comedic timing, uh, the tears, (laughs) the the laughter, um, my very astute oppression of John Gottman, um, please go to Sophie's Patreon and you can watch it there. I will put all the links as well as her Venmo in the episode show notes. My first video podcast, look at me go four years in and, and we're doing that. So we love that. It was a roller coaster to say the least. I didn't watch season one. Sophie and I talk about that a little bit on the episode just because it came out like March 2020. I was doing other things, you know, panicking, (laughs) making my Rice Krispie squares and um, trying to do yoga in my living room. So I just didn't watch it. I just like didn't get the hype, but I did it for the listeners. And I will say it is probably the worst television show I have ever watched because it is too real and also too fake at the same time. But we'll get into all that. I don't want to, I don't want to give you any spoilers, but it is like a train wreck or a car crash and you just like cannot look away I will give it that much exciting news as well if there's anything that we didn't cover in this episode that you want us to talk about dm either Sophie and I and we will cover it in part two because the reunion of love is blind is coming out March 4th and we are going to do an extra episode talking about just the reunion as well as social media and like reddit theories and you know public reaction and all of that so we're going to cover all of that in an episode next week but if you want us to touch on anything else from the series proper just let us know and we'll make sure to include it okay I will link everything I said in the episode if it's important in uh, the show notes and on my socials without further ado everybody here is my conversation with the lovely Sophie Sophie, I'm speechless. I'm screaming because I, oh, I wish maybe we should do this for our followers, like release our pre-interview conversations. But I didn't think to press record because I feel like we gave like a lot of our best stuff. So yeah, I we'll do it live. Exactly, we'll do it again. exactly. And so to my followers, if this sounds different, I have my new uh, bestie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My new bestie Tori from Ready to Be Petty Pod from her Ready to Be Petty podcast. And again, this is Sophie James from Unpaid Emotional Labor, where we dissect all that is taken for granted while negotiating identities in the socio-political anchored in humor and pop culture. And today it's it's all humor, all pop culture, scorched earth. Tori, what's on your mind? (laughs) Oh my god. 
Okay, so like this, how this came about was I always put up on my Instagram stories like, what do my listeners want to hear about next? Because I want to talk about what I want to talk about. And so many people messaged me, love is blind season two. And I was like low-key boycotting it because (laughs) season one, that came out like March 2020. (laughs) And everyone was talking about it. And I just couldn't, I didn't have the capacity at the time to watch it. And I haven't gone back. So when people said this, I was like, oh, I just, I, I don't love the concept, which we're going to talk about. And I just, I'm like, I don't know if I can like mentally do this. And then you DM'd me and you're like, let's talk about it. And I was like, like, yeah, I'm, like I'm like, roll up my sleeves. I'm like, play, like, let's do this. Seriously. And then, like, as soon as I started watching the first episode, I was like, what did I get myself into? The first episode was wild. It was, like, 16 episodes of The Bachelor rolled into one. I, I finished this, the first episode. Yes. And I was like, why am I tired? Why do I need to go stretch? Why do I need to roll out my muscles? I thought I was going to die. And I was just after the first episode. I'm like, I can't do this. I was like, why did I, why did I DM Tori? Why? <laughs> this is not like this is not an exaggeration it ruined my entire week (laughs) I'm not even joking like this tv show consumed my whole week and I hated it (laughs) I mean that's that's fair because I was like okay I have to be professional I have to match Tori's professionalism because I love your deep dives and when I found out that you were when you were on Descartes podcast I'm like oh she's with the shit we packed the top um and love is one was like an opening because i didn't even think i was gonna watch season two because i and like we talked about like the purity of of season one i didn't think they would be able to capture that like at this point it's gonna be a shtick so i didn't know how good it was gonna be yes. and then so but when yes. i what i had a lot of followers too because i had just said i'm not gonna recap the bachelor after um embalmed mozzarella season like i've, I've reached my breaking point <laughs> And then everyone immediately was, yeah. oh, so since you're not doing this, Love is Blind or 90 Day Fiance, Love is Blind, they're made at first sight. Every other suggestion was Love is Blind. And I'm like, okay, I guess. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to chat with Tori. I was like, I'll do two episodes a night. Episode one, I was afraid <laughs> to press play on episode two. <laughs> Literally. Like, okay, so like, I've been a reality tv watcher for so long I'm 30 so I started watching like I would say honestly like 2000 2001 which is probably too early no it's not like like, I I started watching (laughs) I was like eight like but my my mom was watching bachelor my family was watching big brother as like a hole in the summer like that was just like it was so much fun and like, obviously, like, American Idol and all of that stuff. And then, like, there was, like, the shows that live on in infamy, like The Swan and um, deep Dating cut, deep cut, deep cut. in the Dark. Deep Cut. Deep. All the, like, people under 30 are, yeah, like, like what? And I'm, like, oh, my God. I remember the promo and everything and how dramatic it made the reveal and how, like, yeah. This is unhinged in all the right yes. ways, but we are going to help. Like, you know, like yes. you watched it and you knew yes. this is wrong, 
but I'm watching it. But we're tuning in and that is Love is Blind. And why I also struggled to hit play on episode two is because I was like, this is 2000s vibes where it's like, where did you find these people? How did you get them to sign (laughs) on to do this show? Like, and these people still exist. Like, have we not watched 20 plus years of shows like this? And then you're just like, okay, like, let's do it. I'm just, I'm confused. And and I think that's the part really that confused. fucks me up too, is that there's this sobering reality. Like, even though we, if we're, I mean, I'm a garbage person, so I'm going to watch so much garbage stuff. Like Same. I am, my followers know I'm a proud member of the Bravo Cinematic Universe and until I die like <laughs> that like we're not I don't care Same. um but the sober reality for it to be 2022 like the naivete I guess or the ignorance or the just sheer ignorance of early 2000s like people could get away with that but for it for us to be in 2022 and we have this coke coked out belly full of meth guy like trying to negotiate conversations and verbs and talking like a human and and then you're like wait a minute this guy is out in these streets like literally like I live in the west loop and they were literally shooting in Fulton Market which is like half a mile away from me and so I'm like wait a minute this guy's literally in my backyard like going on dates like I'm afraid like this for this person to actually exist and it's not a joke in 2022 (laughs) really really fucked me up like it really 100 (laughs) percent literally literally though like i i was like oh (laughs) like like, oh these people exist and like i can interact with these people at some point like i'm like i am in such a bubble i didn't see you there (laughs) (laughs) sal like where'd you come from oh you didn't hear my ukulele story (laughs) 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 oh oh, this whole thing Oh, no, I got here. <laughs> he yeah, just like, pulls it out. Now your fingertips are fused the cords. Like, you brought this. It's so fake. It is so fake. And, like, he tricked – okay, we should talk about this. So he tricked me, I feel like, for a few episodes. I was, like, kind of, like, in on Sal. And then – We have the same brain. <laughs> we have the same brain. They're like, oh, my God, you were too – okay, I feel so much better. Sorry. Like, I literally put out a, like – top I think it was by episode seven I was like okay I have to make a list top five toxic people I literally put Mal there just because of how she was um bullying Sal and I'm like oh poor Sal's just sitting there taking it and Mal just needs to uh you know break her codependent streak with her sister and become her own person and maybe she could find in her heart to love Sal and then the 180 he does the 10 minutes of their wedding I was like fuck this guy died I know I know I know I was like you're the worst type of person because because Shane you can spot him from a mile away that is a bad person Sal wolf and sheep and and they're the worst are like literally the worst and the way that Mal you know what's so funny like Wow, we're jumping all over the place. Do you, because I feel like you I honor your professionalism and, you know, not center my ADHD brain. Do you want to go in order? Because I was about to go down a, a whole tangent with Mal and Sal's um, 
wedding day but we need to we need to save we need to save our yeah we need to start yeah. at the beginning yes no i i'm the same because i can already tell this is going to be unhinged like i just like yeah, anytime i get new followers i'm like oh buckle well, up. welcome to this unhinged space like you know, <laughs> yeah. you wanted some barbara walter some nancy grace level journalism <laughs> no <laughs> no no okay <laughs> so can we just talk about the show concept, like, in general? One thing. Like, the... Bl- like, okay, so the concept is you date a person and you have, like, freaking 10 days to propose to them or else you don't advance. But you date them without seeing what they look like. And I'm assuming they have strict rules around, like, oh, you can't ask, like, what do you look like? You can't ask what you look like, but... Are the producers like that daft? We have like five other senses or other ways to get identifying information because, and and like you said, and I know you said you didn't watch season one, but what was so different when I was watching the initial, like the first two episodes when they're in the pods, a lot of them were asking leading questions to kind of get a sense of who they were. Like things like, are, are you a brown like girl? Yeah. Okay. Our minds are the same. Yeah. Like, are you a brown girl and by their names and by their voice, which maybe it's like racist adjacent, like thinking that you can guess someone's, you know, race or whatever by how they talk. But like people like Ayana, like uh, Ayana and Jarrett, like when they were talking the shorthand, they'd immediately bonded them and they knew that they were black. Like I was like, there's other ways to kind of know what you're dealing with. So uh, it, it was, the, I don't know why they can, they're can. they still sticking to the premise because it's 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 shoddy at best. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Like, and a lot of people talked about, like Danielle talked about losing a bunch of weight when she, so it's like there right. are ways that you could like kind of visualize a person because I feel like the reveals were like almost a letdown because, okay. And yes, let's talk about biases still with, in this blind dating because yeah no one seemed that shocked and I'm confused at how everyone ended up with like traditionally attractive but seriously because like the point is or the the false premise of this show is that you would fall in love with someone who maybe didn't meet or like didn't match the envisioned person in your head or like you're not pre you're not judging a book by its cover because with all those learned things that we have because you can't see them but then it's like then they roll up to the reveals and it's like I don't know I'm just like how did they get all conventionally attractive people at the end like it's there has to be I guess you're right like leading questions Mm -hmm. Or like people, people pick up on their race, their weight, their like the other pieces of their identity and then say no on their like cards or whatever. Right. And also too, like, I think tangentially to that is to see the amount of contestants that they were showing us, the 14 women, 14 men. Yes. And I saw there was um, 
there was weight inclusivity. There was more, a more diverse cast in season one. And the traditional things that they kind of like, oh, making sure that there's like a short guy there too. And like all these other things where it's like, oh, it's not traditional dating. But none of those people got airtime. I it was a, a advanced quick, a quick pan to them in episode one. By episode two, I wasn't seeing, you know, the women that I thought were gonna get a shot. And then and everyone who ended up together were all thin or their story arc and that they kept pointing to is they lost a lot of weight. That was their identifying thing. Or yeah, these like traditionally attractive people. Even though if I was Natalie and I saw Shane come through the door, I would, there'd be a Natalie shaped <laughs> hole on the set. Like, I, I, <laughs> she just sprints I would away. I'm like, suing for damages. Like, like oh, you want to do a lovely blind? I'm putting to. bleach on my eyes. I want to be blind. Because if that <laughs> fucking coked out gear beauty came towards me, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like a full Why is he just a younger Gary Busey? Like, he's just 30 years younger than the real Gary Busey. I'm dying. Oh my God. Oh, my stomach so so like, like, I would legit, like, no, I, uh, 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 what's his face? Uh, Shane and Jared. Because Jared, like, he's like the epitome of the song. 1998 hit no scrubs by tlc and i would have i would have fucking burned down the set if i uh, and that <laughs> thing walked through the door and i'm like oh hell no but, but, you're like i don't care what contract <laughs> i'm breaking i'm, out I'm of telling here. you no no i'm gonna pull a nat i'm gonna pull a a, a shana and pack my bags go to the airport in my robe like i'm not staying here <laughs> I'm not even changing. She's like, oh, it's 740. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, so it was it was a little oh disappointing God. of, you know, and they wanted us to, they wanted us to, they'd use Nick, obviously Lachey, um, to like let us know that this works and what they're doing is not only so different from other dating shows, but it has a spine or integrity. And then it's just like, no, but we don't see. No. The diversity that you pummeled us with in episode one, we don't see that past episode two. And yeah, like we just get the same formulaic relationship. So it is a false premise 1000%. And wasn't there that one chick, Trisha? I kind of wish that she yeah. would have, they would have made her fight more with, with Shana because I, I kept confusing them because they talk the same. They're the yeah, same they talk the same um, bootleg boutiques here on Madison Madison Ave in, in Chicago, but like she kept over relying on the fact that she's like this guy's girl. I'm so sporty. I'm so outgoing. I work out a lot. And, da, da, da. and so when you say things like that, yeah, you're already going to put an image in someone's mind and that they're going to then not choose to be with other people or make connections with them. And then like, you know, always ask to be on a date with this person. So it's all the women I felt like had these grating uh, tones of voices. So like, so guys feeding into that, like, I want a bubbly um, person or I want like, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, they all seem to talk the same in a sense. So I'm just kind of like, even that people can make assumptions on who they think you are by that as well. And I just, it's just gross. 100%. That's a good point about the tones of voice that I didn't even think about, but like, that's so obvious or even like 
their professions and their occupation. Oh, like there's so is. many things that you just, yeah, put two and two together. Yeah, like so. Kyle's saying he's a construction worker and you see Shana's libido just fucking like, whoop, like just get, like go back into her <laughs> fucking throat. Like she's like, no. <laughs> He's like, yeah, like, you know, I work in construction, you know, the lab, like throwing out, I'm like, and, and, and you just see Shana's face like, and then, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's because he doesn't believe in God. (laughs) Okay, sis. Okay. (laughs) Yes. And then, uh, yeah, them being able to pin it on other stuff, like, oh, I had a problem with this. And it's like, or did you have a problem with like my salary? He, their reveal, yeah, the salary. And like, she was like, oh, I want like a guy's guy. And he like doesn't look like that. He's like shorter and like skinnier. Like, I guess not as muscular. And I was like, fuck, this is, this is gonna. Shana <laughs> is that homegirl in the field who only dates like either um, MLB players or guys who peaked in high school that played that uh, baseball was their sport. Like, steroids out net. exactly <laughs> dip mouth cocaine mouth like belly full of meth and like oh my god you're like just like a, what is it a barrel chested dudes like struggling with ptsd like ex-vets like that is shana's like type and then she saw kyle this average five nine you know blue collar and then it's just like no i will eat you for breakfast yeah. so yeah there's so many ways that yeah the premise yeah it the uh, that's that's it i feel like i'm gonna title my episode the false premise <laughs> because it is yeah, it literally. is and it births all yeah. this ratchet low-hanging drama that obviously we love yeah yeah like i it's like a car crash and you, you're not looking away no. but you hate yourself for it <laughs> like, like you you you're judging yourself as much as you're oh judging i them. covered all my mirrors by 11 30 last night when I had like 20 minutes left, I'm like, I cannot look at myself in the mirror after this. Like five hours. <laughs> Literally having to, I feel like my skin was fusing with my couch. And I'm like, but no, so if you didn't spend it like listening yeah. to a podcast, you didn't spend it like researching more about what's going on in the Ukraine. It was love is blind. And I was like, I hate myself. It is. And like, again, like why I like talking about pop culture is because I know it's trash, but it also has implications in the real world. And, like, you can look at it critically. So that's how I make myself feel better. (laughs) No, no. Listen, this episode, if it's not going to be used as a graduate seminar, dissecting the social politics, we're not doing our jobs. Because I I think, especially when when we talk about the latter half of the season, yeah, it's, like, under this false premise and it's this joke of a show, but the it was very very triggering of either seeing like oh I dated a Danielle oh or I dated a Jared or seeing things of like where your friends have gone through things in relationships and so like yeah it's this hyper reality but the shit and the drama and the stuff they were negotiating at the latter half of the episode I'm like this is real like we're not trapped for dissecting yes. it instead of you know <laughs> watching CNN yes. like all Yes, yes. All of the red flags that you see throughout these couples, you can pinpoint to people in your life or things you've done or like whatever. So yeah, it's 
there is some validity in it. Like I have learned a lot of like what not to do. So like so, so like, the moral great. story is guys, this is an educational show. <laughs> yes, absolutely. it's educational. And at the very least, it's gonna, you know, show us what what happens when therapy works and what happens when you refuse to go to therapy. <laughs> yes yes oh my god the very least it's it's gonna tell you that 100 i cannot wait to talk about some of these things so they're dating in the pods anything that you want to touch on in the the pod dating phase the things that's okay so i have some notes here i knew that ayana and Jarrett were going to the minute they had it was again the minute they connected in that shorthand Wow, I have an aggressive cat feeder, and I all and it oh, comes on. It, it literally dispenses food the same time every day. Each time it does, I look at it like how rude. Like, <laughs> yeah, like how dare seven you months every day, me. and I still will be like, "Are you fucking kidding me, bro?" Like, I start. I just, <laughs> I you bought it? Like- questioning Natalie. How- dare you not take my proposal after I just told you I hate you and you're the worst never happened to me like that's how I look at my cat feeder every day at three o'clock wow really highbrow stuff guys really highbrow and my followers already know I'm, I'm unhinged on my show but um the only things that stuck out is that the pairings were super obvious the minute Ayana and Jared like connected on their shorthand of AAVE how they speak and just different things like it it was like instantaneous they were talking like they knew each other from the hood somewhere um I wrote for my notes for Shayna and Kyle blue collar heteronorm love are you an old soul ill so I I was like really upset anyone who says are you an old soul I hate it but it just was like this is like this classic kind of blue collar heteronorm love and um, I wrote Danielle, I really want her to find healthy love because her mm. frenetic energy of just trying to connect with anything with the pulse was was a lie. It was, it was a lie. Yeah. And yeah. Natalie and Shane, what did I write? Oh, I want to kill myself. Um, trigger warning. <laughs> trigger warning. <laughs> but I said, Jess, this is not a cry for help. Um, and I wrote Abhishek. Oh, wow. Abhishek, I wrote trash in all caps and four H's. That's what I have. That's what I have. I, I don't have anything for the pods. Like, we can go into each of the, what was it, six? Was it five or six couples? We can go into their kind of dynamics, but those yeah, are my yeah, pod notes. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add. One thing that you mentioned that I didn't pick up on. So, was it a red herring? Jared's relationship with Mallory okay it was a red hearing in a sense of like we it was just to set up the play of like I didn't think that Sal and her were going to work out I didn't realize it was a red hearing that was going to solidify his bond with Ayana because the way Jared and like I said y'all I did it to Jared I I I can I I know the scrubs speak very well. And the way that his eyes both out of his head, when she said she had a home, I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Now we protect your credit score. This man is, I, I, I really feel like he was into her. But the minute that she doubled down, and was like, no, I want to go to Sal. I think it was a red hearing in, that, in the sense of like, 
I didn't think he was going to end up with Ayana. I for sure thought his goal was to end up with Mallory. But um, the way that that man was chomping at the bit the minute she said that Mal said she was a homeowner and she has her own finances and her own things. And then just, it, I was like, it's, it's, it's giving scrubs energy. And I don't like, it's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. You don't think his mobile hookah business is doing well? No, what I think is doing better is the buying and reselling of shoes. That's what I <laughs> That's what's doing better. I, I forget who asked him, but they're like, oh, Jared, like, what do you do? And he's like, oh. And I was like, oh, indubitably, I have an entrepreneurial spirit. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, Jared, let us know. Um, mobile hookah lounge. Cuts hair, buys and resells shoes. I was like, when I heard the buy and resell shoes, I was like, oh, I understand, I understand the hustle, but I don't understand, yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing. It was like that, oh, like snake oil salesman vibes. That's why it's not to, you know, the hustle is real. Like, I, I think uh, we're talking entrepreneurship is like super hard, but like it was just it was so random you couldn't tie the businesses together it was like he'll do what he needs to do for a buck and i'm like i get it i'm a gemini yeah. but like there wasn't anything entrepreneurial or organized about it and that's why i was scared for ayana and mallory ayana was so realistic mm-hmm. when she was like i'm still a student i have student debt like are you willing to like take this on in a marriage? And then I, he was just so like unrealistic about stuff. I was like, is it, are they going to last? And we'll only time will tell, you know, and we, and we'll get to that by the end, by the time, like when I knew that, damn, my aunt is going to say yes. It was like episode eight. I knew she was, but we can get down to there. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, she started out super realistic and asking the questions that if I was in the pods, that's what I want to know. Like, cause it, if yes, immediately I'm like, who oh. do you vote for? Like I'm Canadian, so it'd be different, but it's like, who do you vote for? What is your take on vaccines? <laughs> like, like basic like- 2022 stuff. Like, how do you feel about the scientific method? Do you have a YouTube account? What are your pinned videos? What are your, like, walk me down. Do you know who Q is? Like, important infotory where were you on january 6th (laughs) and then you just hear shana and then the door closes (laughs) the door closes like oh okay well that's my answer um basically what because her family was there like like, all the footage you saw on cnn all the documentaries like they were from shannon family's phones (laughs) like her mom and her brothers like and her dad, like they were all they're part, on a no fly list. Uh, follow the IP address, all to their phones. And so, basically, what we're saying is that you and I would be kicked out after day one. Like we would not get contact. Yes. No one's dating us. No, no one's dating us. us the on I the show. His credit score. And the door closes. <laughs> the minute. So he's over here talking about my student debt, which they're like, that's what the profession that Ayana wants to do. Like their ways to help with paying back her student loans but Jared's over here just willy-nilly with his credit score and with his entrepreneurial and getting these bank loans for these businesses so it's just kind of like really dude like it's just so crazy and like I will say 
what I like about this show versus The Bachelor is and like we just said how they didn't talk about a lot of real life stuff but they did actually talk about like kids and like in in a more realistic way where like The Bachelor has completely in the last like 10 years cut all of that out and I've been dying to find a new dating show that like and I again wish they talked about it more but like even like the reveal of um, Kyle being an atheist and Shayna being a creationist. Why <laughs> like, uh, like, like that doesn't come out on no, The Bachelor? Uh, no, because the like, assumption is they're Christian on The Bachelor, right? Oh yeah, right, and they right, all have right, right, wounds, right. And, yeah. and there's no and there's yes, like when yes, Deepi yes. and Abhishek, even though I hate that man, when they had their discussion later about the affordability of kids, it's not even if you even want kids. I think yes. people think you just, yes. you know, pump me full of sperm and I just get, you know, put out a child, but it's like the realistic, it's like, no, the affordability of kids. Like that to me was like, mm-hmm. my, I was like, oh, this is why I will pick this show for The Bachelor anytime. The Bachelor is just glossed over all of this stuff oh, and yes. um, it's, it's so fake. And even though this show has fake elements, like some of their, like they're fighting and stuff, like Danielle and Nick. That is real. Yes. That is real fighting. And it's real fighting in a sense of like, you know, of of course, when you're recapping, like there has to be some element of jokes or or something. And, you know, like, but I never would go to, unless there's Shane and Abhishek, like I didn't care what I said about them. But like when I was framing Danielle of like, she needs to go to therapy. Like that wasn't a joke. Like this is someone, that's that kind of real fighting of when you're finding out your boundaries in a relationship. And so it's twofold because yes, you shouldn't be perfect to, in order to find love and or in order to date. But when you can't self-regulate, when you can't hold space for another person, when you can't understand that you could have a good day and your partner could have a bad day and that's okay. doesn't take away from your good day. When you can't understand foundational relationship stuff, sis go to therapy and it's not a joke it's real 100%. but i think the way people were people yeah. were kind of literally i mean just the rabid raccoons on online like they were going for her jugular and i'm just like well i mean y'all are dumb like this is she's not like a monster this is but this is realistic like i've been the friend of of those two people like seeing that fight play out in real time and i'm like <laughs> So is dinner canceled? Like, should I go home? Yeah, yeah, I go yeah, home? Like, yeah. It's so fucking awkward, but it's so fucking real. But what it is, it's like, it's it's someone who just needed a little bit more, like, uh, just a little bit more confident sense of self. But then she kept talking about how she is debilitatingly insecure. So, but it's real, like you said. Yeah. It's like, that is a 100% yeah. realistic conversation and conflict. In, in relationships yeah and Danielle like all of these people are extreme examples of things that a lot of people do IRL so like I also don't want to sit on my high horse and be like that all of these people like it's not so black and white like all these people are like perfect but it's tough when Danielle has the self-awareness to be like that's not me yes like like, I know that my reaction was nuts 
like if we're talking about her, her in Mexico being like I was watching you like, at the party and like you were walking with another woman and like I was in this closet like crying and then After she's like she that's told him not me like just yeah. <laughs> watching Nick realize it oh she's unwell with my comedy like in real time like he's like oh I made a mistake I made a mistake he and then he like takes a break on the balcony and she like follows him and is making th- like digging herself into a deeper hole but she's having these realizations like I know this is bad and I can't help but continue these behaviors right. and like that's when you have to be like okay I have this awareness my needs are unmet mm-hmm. right now or like I'm feeling anxious and it's coming out in these ways and having ways you need to do the self work yes. to have ways to combat that or like to to reduce it in a way that's like manageable like cuz i feel like some of these things you'll never fully get rid of or like it ebbs and flows and depending on your wellness and stuff but no i i mean i just God. love this arc that we're taking i feel like Brene brown who like this is <laughs> what like are we putting people out of a job right now like I think that's what what the topic is because you said so so much and like Danielle is like just this manifestation of like feelings aren't facts of like the why it's so important to know to have tools like you said to self-regulate and like understand in a moment of like okay I'm aware of these things but like what's the fruit of that like where's the where is the um where is the self kind of like self boundary to where you can like stop yourself before you see it kind of going, taking a turn. Or if your partner is sitting there telling you like he's confused or he or she, they reiterated like, again, even just saying, I'm sorry. Cause Nick just would bowl down and buckle down. And say, okay, I'm so sorry. That's not what I meant. I'm so sorry. But she still refused to even like take his apology and still wanted more. So it's, it's one of those things of like where feelings aren't facts and the narrative you're projecting, sometimes you need to take a step back, go regulate and realize, is this something that's a manifestation of my past? Am I projecting into this or is this what's actually happening? And I think that's, that's really hard to discern yeah. if you're just kind of like kind of new in what are boundaries? How do I set them for myself? What do I want? Like, that's why, because again, that's the gray area of yeah you don't have to be fully realized in a relationship but there are there's still things that you need to be rooted on or have some sense of an idea before you invite someone else because guess what you're taking in their shit too and then if you and you can't hold space you're gonna have the same fucking arguments that are non-arguments all the fucking time i think with and danielle the reason why i think there was a sense of urgency and like horror is because they're getting married in three weeks in the real world they would have a either broken up or like okay or let's just you know just be friends benefits or they would have broken up or um there could have been let's go to couple counseling or whatever but we're not going to get married ways out you know what i mean but i think for this time this expedited timeline of you're meeting my family we dated for 10 days. We, we were, we proposed to each other and then you're, we're getting married four weeks after that. I think that's where it was hella fucking scary to see the fact that they didn't have this kind of foundational 
common ground with one another. Yeah, like communication basic communication. And trust. <laughs> and, yeah, trust, like, like, yeah, I'm sure they love each other, but there were so much I'm like, I don't think they like each other. And do they know what the rest of they your don't. natural life means? Like, that's marriage. And like, yeah. so, so it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I actually fully believe they don't Period. like each other. Like, they are the type of people I feel like who would would have married anyone on this show that that show oh Danielle's bar was do you have a pulse like we we, (laughs) her her, that was her bar and if that's your bar then you'll pick anyone who chooses you which is again it's go to therapy sis like this it'll be a good thing it'll be a good thing She's such the perfect candidate <laughs> for therapy too, because I feel like no offense, but like everyone's Ever, the perfect exactly, candidate. But, it was but like, like just was it was just so you. clear and like with this like video evidence, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, if you just like p- pressed play, like went to the, a therapist and was like, this was me a week ago, they'd be like, okay, let's like let's get into <laughs> it. Like, it would be the uh, just from the pod footage because the therapist because the therapist <laughs> like, oh, I know how this ends. I know where this is going. Just yes. give me the pod footage. Yes. Yes, because you could literally track their relationship from the pods. Like, they were the one couple that I was like, I've, <laughs> I have I, think I've seen this film before, and I didn't like the ending. Like, the, like, I could... The other couples, like, surprised me with some things, but Nick and Danielle, everything they did, I was like, I... I, I could have predicted this with like a hundred percent accuracy. Do you know um the therapist John Gottman? Oh, from the Gottman Institute? Yes, yes. I know him I know him very well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, so like if so if if people don't know, and like I don't even so I did a psych degree in like um like eight Love years it. ago. So like I like I'm pulling stuff oh, so out you're from fucking way back. Hold on, I need I need a prop. I need a prop for the glass of Chardonnay. Her third one. I'm a psych major, and so I know these. Things. I was like, I was like, girl, you're giving us the fucking worst reputation I have ever heard. This is what I've been trying to avoid for ten years. Tori like, is Danielle's mom. <laughs> No, but I'm pretty sure. Have, have you been sexually active recently? <laughs> because sex is where it's at. Yeah, you got to know how that works. For any, I'm like, mom, kill me, kill me now. Like I would die. Yeah. But no, I just I love that. And I was like, I have my master's in um, political sociology, but I, my first master's attempt was for counseling psychology. So put us together, we make a really strong. <laughs> therapy yes yes okay so you know you know john (laughs) yes yes this isn't coming from nowhere but like basically if you don't know who this man is and like again don't know if it's like super up to date but when i studied psychology he could watch a couple argue and with like 97 percent accuracy tell if they would get divorced or not and i felt like john gottman watching i want to put on like like 
this is me. This is me. Oh yeah, they're they're getting divorced. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, one full page. We'll just get to the middle. Like, have all I need. Yeah. I have yeah. all I need. Yeah. No, I, I think that's such a great thing to bring up because and and followers go to the Gottman Institute. I think that's their Instagram handle. But yeah, like I and the yeah. therapists that I follow on Instagram, I think seventy percent of them were trained in the got in the Gottman method. So it's like that shit is real and it's and it's freaky and it's not to, you know, be condescending, but it it, it kind of is kind of archetypical. Like by the arguments that you're having and but not not even like what the fight is about, but how you're connecting yes. with the person in the midst of the fight. Yes. You can tell. You yes. can tell if you're gonna last or not. Yeah. And that's why I had to like I went off at the last, I think it was maybe the second to last fight because they had like a record five fights before the the wedding. But there was one fight in particular that I was just kind of like, I can't take this anymore, Danielle. Like you are literally bringing, you're continuing to bring up this issue and Nick's trying to connect with you. He's already offered you that bid for connection of like, he hears you, he's he apologized, even though he kind of didn't need to apologize. But then he's asking for that in return and she could not reciprocate. None of, like she could not hold space for him. She could not reciprocate. And then when she attempts to reciprocate, she's crying and he has to console her. So it's just kind of like, if if they're, if they said yes, which I was shocked, I thought he was going to say no, but they said yes, but they're divorced by now. Like I refuse to ask the reunion until I see a soundbite that they said that they're divorced. 100%. And if they're not... Just let's wait two months like, or whatever. And like, I don't, I don't want to, like, I'm not meaning to wish ill will on people, but I think it's more just like, I don't want to see you two so unhappy because I'm like, this isn't a loving relationship built in mutual respect. And like you said, you don't have to be a self-actualized perfect per- Like if, if you waited, I think someone said this on the show, like if you waited for that person, that version of yourself, you will just never have a long-term partner because yeah, like learning is, is lifelong, but, but you do have to have some basic, or I pray to God, you have some basic self-regulation skills, communication skills, self-awareness before doing stuff like that. And I felt, I just felt so bad for them. And like, like the stuff with Nick's family. Oh, like uh, I. Oh, wow! I'm gonna cry because that was dark. That was <laughs> dark. Oh, so much of the show is actually so dark sided that it. When I slow down and actually think about it, I I'm actually like upset. Like the when Nick uh, introduced Danielle to his mother and his sisters, you can just see the roots of of why he turned out the way he turned out his high maintenance his high standards god forbid he reproduces what his parents and then his sisters just kind of like buckled down into that mediocrity and then also like his his anxieties of like of 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 natalie and wanting someone to be there for him and she couldn't give that and his mom 
honestly, she's a villain in a Stephen. She she's she's a villain in a Stephen King novel. That lady scared the shit out of me. Same. She is like the definition of a parent, and I feel so bad sometimes making these really harsh judgments. But like, she. I don't know why I'm like changing my tune after I just said Shane was like a coked oh, out like laser. Get but, to like, that. But I think we, we, yes, with our expertise, because we, you know, that's what um, Brene Brown is shaking. Nick and Danielle, (laughs) they're their own case study. Like all the stuff about the negotiations of relationships and the dark stuff, like I was reacting more of Nick and Danielle and a little bit with Anna and Jared, but that's later. But Nick and Danielle was like a a full, where's the pinnacle? And t- full case study. So this is this is one hundred percent. I think that Nick's mom is the definition of conditional love. Ooh. Oh, oh my god! I know I that I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want it. No, I, I mean I was watching it and I was like, okay, I know Nick's thirty six, but I want to call child protective services. Like I, like I, I wanted someone to advocate for him because there was nowhere in the room. Even with his whole ass fiance there, there was no one in the room that was advocating for him. And seeing in real time the dynamics between mother and child of like, he's just speaking authentically and from his experience. And the mom is speaking from a place where she's hyper aware of cameras and this stranger she doesn't know and someone who refuses to change. It was so chilling and triggering of, of people I know in my family. And I was like, this is fucking dark because this is who you're showing on TV. I can't imagine who you are day to day. And her, his sisters being like the mom's kind of mouthpiece was even more gross. And I'm like, if I was to see them walking down the street, I would not think they're from the same family. Like none of like the three of them. And then like Nick was definitely is definitely like the outsider in that family. And I think he said that Nick's mom. So I think when you start therapy, I feel like people or or when you're maybe thinking about starting therapy, it's like, oh, well, like I didn't have a traumatic childhood. Like my parents are alive. They're together. Um, No one died. I had food every night. Like abused. Yes. Yes. I lived like a comfy life. This just shows you the damage you can do to children and stuff like beyond like not traumatizing in the like in this like one big inciting incident, but just passing on all of this unlooked at stuff. The emotional emotional baggage. I mean, again, I mean, I know I joked about putting Brittany Brown in business, but I'm not a licensed therapist or a social worker, any of that sense. But like, you don't have to tell me that emotional abuse did not happen in that family. The spinning, manipulation, and just like, and then she's not even like, she's not someone that seems like they create a safe space to where if I had questions or if my feelings were hurt, I could go to them. Nick had to figure that shit out on his own 100 and then he probably didn't and then turned out the way and he's he trying out. to negotiate and find that and put high standards in relationships where it's like bro i'm not your fucking mom so like but then it's where what does 100%. he do with all the 
misdirected anger that he has towards her, the resentment towards her. Like when he brought up the dad, I was like, oof, this divorce is dark. Because all he was saying was that, um, oh God, I wish I wrote it down. But when he's talking, when he brought up the dad, it was kind of like, you know, how the divorce, you know, we're, we don't believe in divorce. We're going, and then she immediately snapped, well, no one believes in divorce. We don't, it, and it's kind of like, he didn't accuse you, ma'am, of intentionally being, you know, go premeditating your divorce towards your father. That's not what he was saying. But he's speaking from his no. own wounds of how the divorce probably made that a non-negotiable for him, right? And conflating, you know, yeah. relationships not working out as if worthless of, of worth with him, right? So like, it was just too, it was so many fucking layers. It was so dark. And I'm like, oh, the mom's gonna so snap dark. at this grown ass man like that on national television. And that's not even what he was saying. So you can just see like, these are people who have never seen each other. And it's always hard because it's like, for the first 18 years of his fucking life, that was his mom's job to like create that space of love and unconditional, right? Like the, when you said that she is the archetype of conditional love, fucking chills on my spine because that's exactly it. That's just, that that's that's it. And then and then it's to for the sisters to God, like I don't want to make sweeping judgments yeah. either, but look at the sister. Like like you think I'm gonna get advice from you? Pam and Trish, I don't know their names, but I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like did. what are you saying? And it was just kind of like, maybe it was those dynamics of like, and you see in siblings, like, man, it's better to, you can't beat them, join them. So if we emulate mom, if we take her side, then we're not going to get caught in the fray or be hurt. And it's, and you just see them working out their own survival techniques. And it was just dark. It was so dark. Oh my God. I can't wait to end on the yes. comedy note that Shane, because I need, I need a chaser from this. Like this is dark. Honestly, honestly, that is such a good point about them having to survive by like being on the mom's side and like sticking up for the mom and stuff is like their way of getting her love and stuff. Like the whole time I'm like, where's your relationship? Like I'm looking at them like you're making a joke about, cause they were just so they were so targeted on like the mockery of the, of the relationship. And it's like, well, TV show aside, like this is someone like, so then yeah. you respect me because yeah. you're saying that you don't respect that I can go into something and actually bring out something real. So what I'm a spineless sap, like you could just tell it was not about the TV show. It was not about, a, it was not about how he met Danielle or that they're going to get married in three weeks. Like there was just some dark animosity, like, deep 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 and then i'm sorry talking about socioeconomic stuff things that matter right things that shape us fucking nick is living downtown chicago and i live there and it's it's beautiful but it's not cheap so it says a lot about his education how much he makes and the life he can provide for danielle and himself and the stability and and you look at his sisters and it's like well what's going on here what are, what what negotiations are you making at the socioeconomic size that you are. And it's not, again, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but you could just tell like just all those important areas, how like it's affecting what they're saying to each other. Exactly. And causing a further divide 1, in their, in their relationship. Were they even at the wedding? I was going to ask you. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the, the mom, mom was. was. I, I don't remember if the sisters were, but they cut to the mom okay, in the audience. Okay, because I know they would have panned 
to the sisters if they were there. Because I remember by the time, and this is why I hate about Love is Blind. They put so much in because by the time it was like episode two, I was like, no, episode three. I was like, wait a minute, we're in Mexico already and we just left the pod. It's yes. so jarring yes. when they do that. Yes. So it's so jarring. So Nick and Danielle's wedding was at the tail end of like prepping for the weddings and meeting families. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. it's yes. our first wedding. So I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention if the sisters, so I wouldn't have seen if, them if they were there. Yeah, because it was like weirdly at the end of episode nine and then they did everyone else's wedding in episode 10. Right, right. And then even Yeah, they did, I think, one or two. Jesus Christ. I know. And then like, just to like shit on this show's like structure for a second, as a new watcher and maybe again, because it's because I jumped into season two instead of season one, but like, it's so random. Like, there's hosts, but they don't host. And then- you have no idea what's going on in the episode. It's edited. So it's like, yeah, it's their bachelorette parties. But then we also have this wedding. But then the next episode is the real wedding episode. And then you don't know, like, how long how long are they in Mexico? And, like, maybe they do this, this on purpose. But, like, you just had no idea about, like, the structure of the show. Or, like, I just wish there was, like, a voiceover being like, okay, now they're moving back to mm-hmm. Chicago. We've set them up in shared apartments to like test their relationship like it was just so scattered and like that was another thing that I was like that the bachelorette or bachelor does well that this show could learn from it's like cue your list your your viewer into like what's happening it was just so fucking random so some back info season one they did now the one the one thing in season one I do remember that they would I do remember the 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 pancake structure of like we would be going starting an episode at the pods ending in there in Mexico and the whiplash is still there in season one but you did see more of Nick and Jessica oh my god I said Nick and Jessica like it's um <gasps> like it's 2002, like it's 2002 and what was their show called like honey wait newlyweds oh my god newlyweds I was also gonna Vanessa say simple and I mean it's the same time same timeline Vanessa Lachey is going to find me and end my life because <laughs> the the tea that I could bring the early aughts tea of the Nick Jessica Vanessa tri- triangle. Um, but holy shit, like Honestly. that was a Freudian slip to end all Freudian slips. I'm gonna get a cease and desist. When um, the, so the first season with Nick and Vanessa, like they were there. We knew when everything was going to change. We knew like after they met in the pods and in Mexico, they had like this intro dinner that was a little different. So I saw in season two mm. that they were going off of, we assumed you've watched season one mm. and they season just kind one. of like did it with no explanation. But what's so funny is the backlash three years, two, two years ago now, um, the backlash to Nicholas Shea was so, I mean, I just love Twitter for that it big. was so big yes. ago that I see that they reduced his presence and and you know by Vanessa oh. so you saw them when they explained the premise right and I think the next time you saw them was in Mexico and then you didn't see them again until the wedding dress stuff but they their presence was all over season one but everyone oh, everyone wow. jumped on Nick Lachey and because of that Jessica Simpson, formerly Lachey, 
she was putting out her book and the tea came out and it became like all into you know mtv 2003 and it was still this nick and jessica thing again um so maybe that's why i had the freudian slip because his presence was reduced because of what it what got triggered in 2020 and it was a fascinating year i didn't think you know we'd be going back 16 years in time then but we did so that's so interesting. Do you think it's because of his contract they couldn't just fire him? Because he was it's not like, going to hire that. someone. He has, what does he have going on? What yeah, does yeah, he have going on? He's clinging. You to know, New King is on the block already made their alliance with Backstreet Boys, so he can't go on like a, on a Disney no, cruise. No, no, no. He can't do a Disney cruise tour. So what is ninety? What does he have? Ninety-eight degrees. What is what is he going to do? Where are they now? No, he Love is Blind is paying the mortgage and he's like i'll take a reduced check like this man he'll do whatever he's to to survive yeah. and a free trip and to, a mexico. Free trip to mexico to <laughs> and, and it's so funny because what now his wife is on like a really well-established like cbs show now so i'm like yeah, yeah she's on Ho- wait Which um show? i was gonna say hawaii Five O. that's not right it's ncis hawaii i want to say yeah oh. like she's like that's oh. the dream prime time prime time salary oh. part of a well-established yeah. like fucking cinematic universe Franchise. that is you know yes and it's yeah. racist uh nar- racist tropes and um she's not hawaiian but you know because since all asians look a lot apparently that she's fronting a, a show based out of hawaii um but but yeah, we're not going to go on a tangent of why I hate CBS, but um, <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> yeah, so we would be here for exactly. days. <laughs> they're so racist and problematic. But yeah, his, his role was reduced because Twitter had a field day with him for the for the months that, that show was on. And then even after, because yeah. I think a lot of people weren't watching it when it first came out. So then it was like everyone's summer when we realized when we realized that, oh, we're in a pandemic it blew up again in the summertime. So they, the press was going on and then we were following these stars. And then that's what made them do a reunion special. Like, because we got a season and it was that, it was one and done, right? And that, and by then it had filmed in 2018. So when it blew up the way it did and the way Tiger King blew up and now everyone's trying to still make money off of it, they filmed a re- reunion years after. And so he, oh he was relevant God. for a long time. And then Jessica's book came up around time and a lot of things, she spilled a lot of tea. And so Twitter just had a field day. And so I think that's probably why his role was reduced because, and that's why he opened up. He's like, you know, I'm Nick, obviously Lachey because everyone trolled him for that because he came out and said, obviously I'm Nick Lachey. He's like, obviously, Nick, we don't care about you. Yeah, obvious exactly. to who? Like, you need to check, <laughs> we get it. We, a lot of the stars, yeah. like I'm 35. So like all these stars that are coming out, I'm like, yeah, I knew you back in TRL days, bro. Like I know who you are. Like obviously Nick Lachey, get out of here. Okay, this makes so much more sense now yeah. to me. Uh, and like, okay, so this is wild because there is going to be a Love is Blind season three. They announced it? I'm dead. I believe they did that. I th- I feel like they filmed it like around the same time because that's the other thing is like I feel like this show doesn't have like longevity. wait a minute they already filmed it because low key I need sure. another season like now like I'll wait till the fall but like I need another season now I need a whole new city I love that we're in Chicago they should all the best pop, but like yes. I'm in the city yes. right now 
Okay, I hope my information's good. I was just talking to some friends about recording this last night, and that's what I heard. Um, There's also tons of international seasons. So I I was seeing that because I hadn't, like, I can't remember the last thing I watched on Netflix, or I don't know why I'll be forgetting it, but Love is Blind Brazil, but then a lot of people were DMing me saying that the toxicity is even worse, and I was just like, okay. I need to space out. Like, I need a break. Like, yeah. Like, how could it get worse? Like, what? And I, and I, and I had my bachelor's in international relations, and one of, I focused on the Caribbean and Brazil. And so I'm like, uh, I don't want to see these things come out. Like, I just need my love is blind here. Like, I don't know if I want all this, but, um, love, and then love is blind Japan. So, so yeah i might have to watch those so i i might the japan one actually looked really good so we'll see if i like dip my toes in but that this just makes so much more sense even that it was filmed in 2018 i feel like is like things are clicking (laughs) in for me (laughs) i mean it it wouldn't make sense to go back and watch season one because i feel like they milked they no. beat to the point where did you see? Oh no! Since you see season one, they then did the reunion. Then it got so popular, and because there was such a lag between season one and two because of COVID, they mm-hmm. created a Love Is Blind after the altar. So it was then it was a year after the reunion, and they wanted to see where our couples are now. And I'm like, oh my god, you guys fucking milked all you could from these contestants, and then you know some of them blew up and. The favorite couple, Lauren and Cameron, are now like fucking millionaires, and they've already had their book come out. They have their vlog on YouTube. They bought their second house, and it's just disgusting. And so I'm like, okay, you've milked season one all that you can. Like, give me season two, and I just, I cannot wait for the chaos that's going to be the reunion and following these these new superstars because there's that element too because natalie's already verified on instagram bitch you're in just that is suspect okay i want to say one thing and then let's talk uh i want to talk about people doing this for like fame chicago i've never been (gasps) this show made me want to go to chicago so bad it was such a a love letter to like is it a river that runs through the mid- this is gonna sound so ignorant no like I, I thought so too no that's lake michigan oh no 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 no, no, lake no. Michigan? Uh, they were they on were lake on, michigan no they were on the chicago river i'm sorry that was a river but okay. when they were in their beach, but just say didn't they go to didn't they go to a lake yeah so when they were having that um that beach where um, nick was being messy nick yes you know, yes he was yes messy as fuck that was, um, I, I want to say that was either North Shore Beach or 53rd Street. No, 53rd Street Beach would be more south. So they wouldn't have such a great view of the Prudential building. But they were probably in the North Shore, North Beach. And they were right there by Lake Michigan. Like, beautiful. And they filmed in the summer, which is it like, is so and even now, like, it's it's surprising how sunny Chicago is during the winter times, even though the, the this winter has been kind of brutal. Last winter wasn't that bad, but in the summer, Tori, when you come, come in the summer, I'll tell you where to stay and I'll take you everywhere. Like this is, oh my gosh, I I I would love, 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 love living in Chicago. It was so beautiful. The summer, 
I know because Chicago, I feel like you just think of like winter. But even then, it's not that bad. But like summer is like people realize, oh, that's why I live here, and I'm never gonna move. Yes, yes. I, I like I live in Victoria, and it is people say the exact same thing because it rains like seven months out of the year, and then the four or five months that it doesn't rain, people are yes. like, this is why I live here. Like, oh right, that's like, awesome, cool. Okay, I wanted to talk about. Want to go by couple or how should we do the? Can we talk about then Sal and Mal, Malvador, <laughs> Malvador or Salary or that whatever is, you want to um, say? Voldemort's um, half cousin Harry Potter, <laughs> and they're just yes, as evil. Like, I believe like, it. Like, <laughs> I believe it. literally sal yeah so we talked about how he tricked us okay so he's here just for the tv clout right yeah because tourism sales buddy it means you're making 17 an hour so you need you want a job sal wants and you want to sing you want to sing and it's like (laughs) nobody asks you to sing like i like it was but what's so funny even though i started to because the editing was very targeted of making sure that Mallory is the one that's incorrigible in the wrong and Sal's just this sensitive guy with the ukulele is just trying to love her um and he leans that bit but the minute I saw Sal in the pods I said no I think I have like a baby bop meme holding a stop sign and that's what I put your reactions to this I'm like how the fuck does she pull up these memes I literally so have quickly like and spot on. screenshots and, and I call them my elder millennial memes because I'm like I'm not gonna pretend I know what's cool I've never done a TikTok and I'm not gonna pretend to like I just have my <laughs> thoughts I'm gonna post this, a, a screenshot of my reaction so like those are my version of memes and Sal opened his mouth and I and I think my reaction was Sal breeze and I there's baby bop with like a stop sign like I had to go deep 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 and find baby bop from Barney and friends because any everything about Sal is like immediate no and I to this day why did Mallory like him that's why I'm embarrassed that I like took a few episodes to like find out but he is the definition of a guy who's like well I'm nice to her so why doesn't she like Uh, me and to be honest like you said at the top like a coke mouth chain you could see a mile away and you know the lines you're gonna do yes but someone like style man you could be in a relationship with them like months in and you're not connecting the dots unfortunately until you're in a deep situation and by then it's like it's really hard to get out as opposed to like oh this guy's an idiot like that you know like there's no because you learn you let yourself trust the person like sal but they're still intentionally like manipulative and using the good guy trope as a way to loosen your boundaries and they're just a fucking like ukulele tourism sales scrub who has their who has a bitch hyped up enough to come and derail a production and knock on your sister's door to get answers of why you're not calling them like that's not can can we can we talk about this as a whole fucking fucking fuckboy Yes, yes, because that was, I think that this moment is actually the most interesting moment in the entire season. So, like, okay, so he says he had, like, an ex-fling or, like, ex-girlfriend I told her from the beginning that we weren't anything serious and that we could see who 
if you don't get the fuck out of my face, bro. He's like, well, maybe I could have been a little bit more clear <laughs> about what. And I was like, no, you could have been way more fucking clear. Like you. So he was like, I was cast on this show a year ago. This is why he's so fucking thirsty for th- yeah. for fame. He was cast a year ago and then he strung a girl along in the interim because you can't be dating someone to get on but the then show. He said, oh, and but then, then he, he broke the fourth wall. That's how thirsty he is to break the fourth wall and say, but you know, they say don't stop your life because you got casted. I was like, oh, this man, this man yeah. is, this man is parched. He is parched for success. 100%. And the sad part about all of this is I actually think that he is going to come off. I haven't seen actually much more fan reaction, but I think people are going to like him. Like, I don't think people are going to hate Unless him. Unless he tells on himself in the reunion. reunion. But it depends. <laughs> shit, you know, like people are just now. I Because I think when did it premiere? I think I'm even still watching it late. Like what did it premiere? We Yeah, we did watch it. Yes. Yes. Didn't it? Wasn't it um, episodic? Like, wasn't it like weekly? Oh, if was it, no, it wasn't the last 10 weeks. I don't even know. Or it was in chunks. Was I know it, chunks, it was in maybe? chunks. Like three weeks. And like episode 10 just came out yesterday. So yes. like it must have been. Yeah. So I'm probably damn. I didn't realize that I saw it this late so and I was like trying to avoid spoilers best I can and not googling yeah, the too, contestants because when I first when I saw season same. one I knew nothing about no one I didn't even know this show existed so I wanted to keep the same thing but like I think that Sal the line to demarcation is kind of like set like Twitter ha- or social media has their fave it's him and Mal is a perpetual like villain like they're not going to give her Yes. and even though there's still things i don't yeah. like about mal either but like once she decided to commit to sal in the relationship like she was in it yes yes when she was crying when he was singing with his roommate i was like oh he hit a a chord in her and like a flip a switch and, and low-key though like the the roommate like carried sal like the way the roommate was crying, <laughs> the way the roommate was, I was like, I, had, I think I made a reaction. Like, Caesar. I apologize for making fun of Sal singing because this duet slapped. Then I thought about it. I'm like, oh, it slapped because the roommate. And the roommate. Yeah, yeah. guitar playing. So the roommate on Korea. Yes. Love is blind immediately. But like, and, and also too, I can only imagine what it meant like culturally, right? Like, and that song is beautiful. And just like. For Sal, like Mal had so many guards up. Like her parents said, "Deuces, come on, come the fuck." On. Oh my god! Like they weren't involved at Nothing. all, and that's another red flag. Like red flag that they're not gonna make it, and that this relationship and, and so doesn't like, have for any her to like feel them. like she's alone. And even though her sister might have had, you know, hesitation, like her sister still, still showed up, even though she wasn't there on the wedding day. Wow. It's it's just like the I think the family drama on her side was probably bigger than the show let on. But then you have yes, you know this 100%. beautiful moment. And I can only imagine like just culturally and just like you're feeling like you're seeing like your kids, you're seeing your future with this person, you're just seeing how things are gonna be. And and like I think that's when she she probably was a no. Like if I was to get married to this man today, I would have said no until that moment. 
And so for him to hit yeah. that chord, like you said, like, cause those tears were free. Fl- it's like that when you surprise yourself and, you, and you're crying, you're like, oh my God, why am I crying? And then you're crying more because crying. Yes. That's- yes. It was yes, real. It was real. Yes. And then so for them, yeah. she finds out this thing and she even said it at the end, like she didn't know if she would have said yes or no to the point where like, if he had said yes, I think she would have said yes the wedding day yes and when they were talking afterwards she like they both kind of alluded to that but also the way that he was so not like stoic but like oh I got the upper hand that I said no like I wanted to punch him and then when he took it upon himself because he's a noble guy to make that speech after she left the again Planned. like that's planned a, a rat like emotional irrational person and then he's going to you know what like i'm going to be the rational level-headed noble guy and then like the way that his family and friends were congratulating like oh yeah when you did that speech i was like fuck you fuck all of you guys fuck this like i've seen this guy i've dated this guy he's a shit and 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 he's a sociopath. yes i'm sorry sociopathic He's Allegedly. a sociopath. 100%. We're, not, Allegedly. We're, we're starting on our brands. We're not trying to get sued. We're not, we're not getting sued. No, sir. I don't want this person. I want us. We're not getting sued in 2022. We're not. We're not. Allegedly. Um, but Allegedly. that's a more, you know, thinking of my experiences too, like that's a more dangerous guy and the guy that's been the hardest to get over because it re- it's it's like this like long-term gaslighting that you kind of have to recondition yourself from because you can it's like you are processing the relationship and you don't know wait what the fuck was real and then you hate yourself for feeling like you believed it i don't know if that makes sense but 100%. it's like this kind of like gaslighting after the relationship of like wait a minute like i really thought that he was being genuine so then you think your intuition is all fucked up and then then that's like what affects you in moving forward in relationships and not being trustworthy like it was fucking he he's alleged he's sociopathic allegedly I hate him I hate him so much me too me too I think you said it best when you were like um she had strict boundaries or not strict but like really clear boundaries she obviously wasn't letting herself go yeah. on the edge of really liking him. And then he like tricked <laughs> her into liking him. And then there was like no going back. So um, at the end, he's like, do you want to go on a date? Do you think that like, what do you think? I happens? think, you know, he's and, and if we're going to talk about like, obviously the bubble of the cameras, right? Because now we're kind of going into this fame and how are these contestants negotiating the show? Because it's not a surprise anymore like everyone knows how it works out and you could get deals and be a celebrity after this i think like you said sal was using this he wanted to make this work from the jump and then i think at the end mallory was looking at the cameras as like okay i need to be very mindful of how i react of how i could be perceived online i think i think the wedding is when mal realized the cameras were there in a sense because I think we're getting a very authentic Mal, a very, uh, and, and in her, all her guarded and, and trauma clearly with her family. Like, I think we got all of that authentically. Uh, wow, I couldn't speak authentically, but I think at the wedding, she was like, no, Sophie, 
I mean, no America, like she's talking to me. Um, mind, you know, the cameras are there. Mind your reactions. I think she said yes. And when they got off, she cursed them the fuck out and broke a ukulele, and broke a ukulele or, or two. Like I think, or at least I would hope because I would be, I'm going to be surprised to see what her, her attitude is towards him in the reunion. If it's not anything standoffish or fuck you, then I'm going to be like, Matt, why? I feel the exact same way. That's such a good point. Cause she was like, yeah, I don't know if I would have said yes. Like if you said yes in seven, I feel like all of that was a really measured and calculated response. Yeah. You're right. She was like this, like he yeah. fucked and like over. let him hang and, himself. And like, yeah. I, and, and yeah, we'll see. Cause it's in, yeah, it's at the end. And then, you know, the show's going to air. So it's like, nope, just let him give himself enough rope. And walk out of this um, unscathed. At least I would hope, right? If I hear updates that they actually went on that date, I'm going to fucking rip my TV off the the wall. (laughs) We'll be doing another episode. (laughs) To to debrief that. (laughs) Yes. Like, actually. What the fuck? Like, actually. And, you know, um, just my last point on Sal, because, like, I don't want to waste any more time on him, but, like, seeing how everything crescendo to that moment with him with his duet with his roommate but like all the times like if you look at the relationship like I don't even know like what conversations they really had you know like about good point, what good I, like when the sister came on and I was already I was still hating on Mallory so I was like why is the sister coming in all hot but the sister was asking like real good questions and and then he's saying oh yeah but we talked about our assets are separate and I'm like why wasn't on why didn't that make it into the final cut like why didn't we see you make having those conversations like why do you save the hard convos for pillow talk but all we see you doing is making your signature dish because you're slaving over the oven for her and you're surprising her in the park with another fucking you know one person flash mob or you're surprising her at your apartment with this with the with the friend and it's just kind of like yeah, it's giving very much like not as extreme as a love bombing, but very curated what a good guy should do. But the heart, but the realistic nature of the relationship is not on camera. Because yeah, Mally's gonna be like, take your tourism sales. I'm as well established in my career. You're not gonna fuck up my assets or my credit. I'm sorry, that's real, guys. I'm not being shallow. Like that shit is real. People get they get divorced for finances number one and when you don't have those conversations realistically like and then you just let someone's coke habit like take all your your 401k like what are you gonna do now that you're saying this like you hit the nail on the head every other couple we saw talking Mal and Sal, we literally only saw his performances and him setting up that romantic dinner date. I will say the food looked so good. <laughs> I was like, I would have said yes to the, to the, to the like, wedding just for the shrimp. I'm like, oh, you're making shrimp? Oh my God, the shrimp looked so I'm like, good. Oh, you're making shrimp stir fry. I'm like, oh, well, you didn't you, you lead with that, Sal. Yeah, of course I'll marry you. <laughs> I'm like, I think at the time I was eating like a bowl of fruity pebbles. I was like, I could go for shrimp. Like, I was like, oh, I could eat a shrimp server. Right now. I like, see your fruity pebbles. I raise you like for chips and a, a salsa verde. Like, that's what I was having for my adult <laughs> dinner while this man, like, yeah, mine was dinner. Like mine was dinner. I'm pucking it. 
And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, look at the smorgasbord of color. So much color. Let's, his, I, know, I, like, I haven't eaten. I haven't eaten a vegetable in like a week. And I was like, oh man, I like actually should eat a vegetable. <laughs> Wait, I think there are vegetables in, there were tomatillos in my salsa verde, so that counts. Um, uh, and like uh, so much um, sodium and, and high fructose corn syrup. Um, but the way he was just like snapping and snapping his wrist, like he was doing a cooking show. I was just kind of like, we see him on top yeah. shot for whatever That's next the, <laughs> oh my god tori go back and watch the angles of how he put the pasta in and the pasta fan out and then they're showing like the texture of the bubbles and the water the boiling shrimp. over it and the shrimp i was like oh and it's jumbo shrimp oh <laughs> it's jumbo shrimp <laughs> like i and and then he's like oh no it's my signature dish and I'm like oh he cooks and then like cut to 30 seconds later it's my only dish if you don't get your thirsty ass out of here yeah, yeah, yeah. well Shane only picked up takeaway for for his thousand dollars so. worth of, I can't I, I feel like for our followers we have to end on Natalie and Shane like that we can only crescendo and and on Natalie and Shane because there's going to be so so much yeah they're like they're 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 like the they were like the stars of the show we've literally there hasn't been to be or not every tangent like every theme we've covered so far we still make a connection to Shane and Natalie so it just shows me like we have (laughs) to end on them because there's gonna be so much to dissect two thousand dollars on takeout alone and that's not even a fixed expense you made taking take out a fixed expense that costs more than your rent i need you so badly to like look at my finances <laughs> like you're talking about all this like stuff i was like i was but like you know it's so like- funny besides all the jittering and yes. him like massaging his gums and like you see him twitching the coke twitch that's when it was confirmed for me that he has a he hasn't he he's an addict in some way shape or form because the way he was like talking about the finance uh conversation was the most chilling thing i've ever seen and we need to talk about when we get to them like natalie has some dark trauma and i couldn't put my finger on it maybe it'll come out while we're talking because the amount Mm. of time shane showed her visibly abort and she found a way to spin it in her head of like because I love him. He's like, if I met, what did she say? She said, if she, she said something on the lines of, I would have, if I met Shane in any other circumstance, the finance talk would have scared me. But because I know, and I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Now I don't care if you fucking met him wherever, like this conversation is undeniably concerning in any environment. So what do you mean? Because you know, his heart and, but you don't, though. That's you the thing. You absolutely like, don't. If you, if she would have found this into, like, the relationship two years down the road or whatever, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, you, like, Spent all this time with you him. have so much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay. But I was like, you, you've known her for, for fucking But those bad spending habits would have come out month two. Okay. And this isn't a joke, what I'm about to say. This is, like, for real because I actually want to, like, put our collective brains together for this 
What does she see in Shane? <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not. I'm not joking. This is zero percent a joke. Like I've tried so like, hard. No, I'm actually being serious. To be like, I'm being serious. What does she yes. see in him? No, because like I don't. I don't want to be like. Yeah, no, I hate it, when people are like. Nobody has like redeeming qualities, but like down Jackson Avenue, I would cross the street. I would jaywalk to hightail across the street. <laughs> and this person, yeah, I put my life and at then, risk. <laughs> you know, she's talking about if because of the experiment, and she loved who he was. And every time they asked her, "What did you see in him?" she could never. She couldn't give anything of depth of why she was attracted to him. It was just he's the opposite of me. He's so comical. He's his, I love his, his energy. And I'm like, that's all coke. But those are all symptoms of cocaine. Like that's not a personality And it's like, trait. you can, you can have a friend like that, or you can have a, yeah, like the acquaintance like, like that, that, or when you go party, like, then yes, if you want to go out. And then she's like, 100%. And then in the pods though, does Natalie forget that he, Hey, who am I talking to? I'm uh, Oh, Oh, right. Shayna. Thank God it's you, Shayna. And she's like, um, excuse me? Okay, like, okay, there's no way they're they're together, but it's like when she sees the footage of oh. him being like, oh, yeah, I asked Natalie to be my girlfriend, but that doesn't matter. Like, he is so donezo. She, like, her revenge, like, glow up, like, style. And, I mean, she's already verified on Instagram. So, like, her campaign to show him, like, you lost like the best thing that's ever going to come in your orbit. Like I love that energy for her, but there was, we can't pinpoint it because what I'm going to quote mean girls, the limit does not exist. Like there's no fucking answer. Like there's no answer to why she was even attracted to him initially. And, and that's when it gets into like real world stuff because you, you look at someone who, and we're, and and it's gonna be so interesting to me this connection to Deep D and Abishek because Chicago even I love it it's insanely segregated, segregated ridiculously segregated to where by whatever job profession you have you can immediately know a person's sphere of influence right and it's all and it's already like a very white city yeah it's diverse it's a transient city yes but when you're talking about living in the loop where I live, like, there's not diversity there. And so to see Natalie in the the line of work that she does and the things, the hollow things that she was saying of like, he's a man and I'm attracted to him and like things like his stature and like, it felt very stunted. And I was just kind of like, she lives in a very white space. So I think there was a familiarity to Shane because it's, probably she's around a lot of guys like that being in the finance consultant space that she is living in Chicago and where her apartment was on Michigan Avenue I'm like that's all you see walking down the street is jittered coked out finance guys and so I just was like this is not someone who actually knows what she wants like it, it, it could have been a different guy the same way not a shame but she would have still gravitated towards that and so on that front I really want 
you know, Dan, uh, Natalie to be with the same therapist that Danielle's going to have because we need, we need <laughs> to frame and like strengthen these girls' pickers. Like I, all of them, well, Deep D, you know, she came out on top. It's like Deep D on the show. She real, Absolutely. That's why we're so, not talking yeah. about her because I mean, we can, you know, she, she, like, there's nothing the to- On Abhishek, which you can do on free time. But like- Like no notes no on Deep notes D. at all. <laughs> You're perfect. I love you. Can we be friends? Ayana, Ayana yes. and um, Natalie and Danielle, they need the same therapist to help them have better pickers because like what they've settled for, it's alarming. It's alarming to where a guy like Shane, you give the title, you're my best friend. Can you fucking believe for you? Okay, well, this is the thing also that is like, this is why these people get cast on the show when all of them are like, this is my best friend. And it's like, you've known this person for (laughs) fucking 20 days. And I I do get like, when you were on these shows, like, did you ever go to like summer camp or like, or like a, a class trip or something like that with, with people? And then you're like, it's like a, a one week trip like camping trip and you're like these are my best friends like it's very much that and like I think that that's fine like I I've been there like but that's just like alarming that you don't have people that you would consider better friends and like maybe you're swept up in the in the moment but it's like that's really sad I think like the thing that I'm thinking about with Natalie now that we're kind of talking this out is like do you think someone in her past was like you're too rule following like you're too not stuck up but like you're too like stick in the mud you're too stubborn and straight on the straight and narrow you're too type a and that why that's why she's seeking someone that's so opposite of her like i just don't know because she was hung up on that she kept saying he's so opposite of me as if what she is is wrong so you're right yes oh my god yes she kept on saying why i like him is because he's the opposite of me like I'm not worthy of someone. And didn't she say something like he would bring her out of her shell in this sense of like, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. And I do know also, like, she's an Asian woman. And, like, I do know that there is a lot of stereotypes about Asian women and, like, being, you know, walked all over or really quiet or or pushovers or people pleasers. Yeah, and, like, she did speak to that. Like, I have been judged for that before and I don't want to be judged like that, which is why I'm doing a blind dating show. But I don't know. I just, I... I truly and and maybe again maybe she's like I'm in my 30s or I think she was in her 30s and she maybe she just thought like I've dated the stick in the mud right. guy I've dated the person that has all his he's good on right. paper and it's not working so maybe I'm gonna go with someone like Shane but I'm still and like please let us know if if you're listening to this and you're like I know the reason like please tell us why because like I just like I'm really confused. The thing for me, and and I knew that Natalie was going to be the other person that would, like, similar to Danielle that we talk about, like, it's like, oh, this is going to get dark. Because the dynamics of her and her mom, you could tell she's a daddy's girl. Like, in the moments of her dad were so sweet. And, you know, the dad is just like, he just gives her the space to just kind of unravel, be herself. And, you know, he, he'll support her and do whatever. But, like, in a lot of ways and how with with our parents, like the one that we usually have the most angst for is the one that really 
cares for us the most and like but you're trying to prove yourself to them and it, or you resent and- them too like the way the mom was so right about everything right and Natalie did not want to hear it it made me think of like oh god what were the teenagers like what was her trying to create her own sense of independence and autonomy like from this woman and then you see but all under the guise of these stereotypes, right? Like there's a stereotypes of Asian mothers being tiger moms and overbearing and hovering. And could you imagine being in an all white space and how you're being treated by your peers? And then you go home and the very things that like, maybe could be cultural aspects, maybe could be your mom, like just the immigrant experience and raising kids in this country and like what you want to protect them from and why you have the rules that you have because you're looking at things long-term, not how kids are just kind of in the moment. And and I'm I, me, I'm only speculating, but also be like, I was born in Haiti and you, you know, like I, having an immigrant childhood and there were a lot of themes that I saw parallels to watching just the, the mother and daughter dynamic. But then, you know, then the mom ends up being right. But then also you see this woman, you see Natalie trying to make sense of like who she is and, also in relation to love, because clearly she equates to love as the ultimate identifier, which my heart was breaking for her because there can only be one reason why you would just see see a guy like Shane and just still put your eggs in one basket. Because it, yeah. it was, honestly, Natalie had the same vibes as Danielle. Danielle, because it presented more frenetically, it was easy to target and make fun of. But I'm sorry, yes. Natalie had the same fucking energy because there's no way you look at Shane and you go, that's, that's my best husband. friend. You're a man. You're so sexy. Shane is just so hot. Like, I just can't believe, I'm just so lucky to find someone like it. I just can't believe that you would even pick someone like me. And, I just can't, and I'm just like, who the f- are you also? He's an iPad like, kid. Are you doing coke, Natalie? Like, yeah. are you high? Like, are you getting secondhand powder just from kissing him and rubbing his nose? Like, <laughs> what is going on? Because there, there is only one explanation. Like, she has debilitating insecurities. And when you layer on the immigrant parent experience, where you layer on the cultural aspects, when you layer on her sphere of influence, probably not having anyone look like her because the amount of times that she laughed at Shane's fucking disgustingly pejorative stereotypes and like kind of making it a punchline of learning cultural practices and language of hers. I'm like, oh, this is someone who's done this before. This is someone who's downplayed her Asian identity before. This is someone who's laughed at jokes to not look like a stick in the mud, to not ruffle feathers the way racism works, right? And the way we internalize our, we internalize that shit and how it manifests. This is someone who's never really been seen and she's craving for that. And, and there's, and then again, the parent dynamics, it's just, it's all so fucking dark because and, and, and to answer your original question, I do think, I, I think it's, there was actually probably multiple people who said it either to her face or just kind of how we get nonverbal cues sometimes in, in environments, like who she, she can't present as her full self, that she has to be this very curated, just likable, just kind of have it all together person um, in order to be seen like it, it, it did because the things that people would make fun of her in her 20s for are things that's going to save her in her 30s like you don't fuck around with things like finances and being responsible and learn how to take care of yourself and 
having a schedule and being organized. Those are things that creates your work ethic. Those are things that fucking creates your standard of life. So I, I think there must have been someone or people um and she gives me went to predominantly white schools right because that and that's also something of the immigrant experience of like what does upward mobility look like what does access to the best resources look like and it will normally be in suburbs and predominantly white spaces and you either and there isn't spaces like that aren't created for you to show up in your full cultural guard self it it it's it's assimilate right and that's also problematic and so yeah you're going to laugh when you're trying to tell your boyfriend the correct way to say something and he fucking is botching it like he's he's in a fucking um van wilder movie like go fuck your i would have yo i would have punched shane in his fucking throat and the coke he just ingested would have popped out like that's how that's how hard i would have punched him in his throat if he ever did something like that if i was trying to teach him creole haitian creole like i would have dead the relationship right then and there sorry i didn't need to go off on a soapbox but i'm just like no 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 no. something in me i'm like it was dark no no it's insightful it's insightful like you are right that she is yes hiding pieces of herself as a survival tactic in relationships and and in this show and i think like her I like honestly like teared up on you were talking because like her I think also striving for like perfectionism and like I feel like she was really like like her tidying up her house and stuff um before her parents came and stuff like and like her even just like when her body language when she was telling her parents what had happened she was shaking it and she was standing like in the corner and she yeah her perfectionism pieces and stuff like that like I just feel like her survival her ways of of guarding herself because of how she's grown up and, and relationships maybe that she's been in. And then when you don't have, when you're so over-reliant on those survival techniques past the point of needing to be like, you're not in those survival modes of middle school anymore or high school or early twenties. like, and that's really the the problem and, and sit parallels Danielle too. Like, when we carry those survival techniques, but we're not in those moments of trauma anymore, and it's still ruling our lives now, like it's not helping us build a sense of self. It, it's not helping, it, it warps our reality, right? Danielle thinking there are problems of it or not. Uh, uh, Natalie thinking that Shane is a viable option for a human being. And, and so we, it's like, it becomes self-fulfilling. Because we we say we want these things, but we can't actually actualize it because we're in this bubble of, of survival techniques and kind of distortions. And then the very thing that we said that we want, it gets botched because we're not going to invite those healthy, authentic bonds. You're going to get a coked out belly full of meth piece of shit. 100%. What, what did you think? So they apparently had a fight oh. off camera. After the bachelor party, question mark? Right, I don't know the timeline. Somewhere between, yeah, the bachelor and bachelorette party. And when the did wedding. there, do you remember that time when she had that beautiful dress on into her leather, leather jacket? That, it was a date, right? So yeah. they had their last one, one date before yeah. the wedding. Was that after the yes. bachelorette party? Before? No, that was before. So, so was I think it time? was like, it was, yes, I think it was like, 
yes, they because they had the dinner date and like hopefully this one goes better than our last one. I think that that was like say like right before the bachelorette party. So I think it was like they had a fight that was off camera when he was really drunk between the bachelor party and the wedding, and he said, "I hate you and you're the worst thing that's ever happened to me." Like. What happened? What happened is he had a meltdown that Sal in his dress shoes yeah. could hit a ball in Wrigley Field <laughs> and he couldn't. Can we Do talk you about actually that? think that that's the, in- <laughs> yes, the inciting incident? That spiral. Holy and I shit. love, I love Love is Blind producers <laughs> because the way that they just kept the camera on him and let him kind of like get enough rope of like, Cause you could see him pivoting in real time when he just realized, Oh wow. I just went off for like 20, 30 minutes talking about how I'm the only one that like, cause I was confused. Did he play baseball in, in high school and an injury? I, it sounded going to the like pros? He, yes. It felt very dance. Yes. I never played in the NBA vibes of one tree hill. Like, you know what I mean? Like I felt like I was watching <laughs> the last tapes of one tree hill, but it's like Dan's half brother, <laughs> Dan's half brother, Shane. Cause you know, Royal had other kids. But um, sorry, One Tree Hill is like my is my show for life. But like, it's like Dean Scott's half brother, and he's talking about how he didn't make it to the pros in MLB, and then it's just like, okay, so your bachelor party in Wrigley Field is your moment for you. Yeah, yeah, because viral, you're like, and the cameras yeah, did not move. Yeah. Like he's sitting here talking about like, yeah, and and it's a and it's a coked out spiral. Like I don't, it's a coked out steroided out spiral. And his, because his pit stains and the and, and the and the jitters, it was just too much. And then he's like bringing up Sal's dress shoes <laughs> when he said Sal's dress shoes. I was like, I'm done. And then even like, and Sal was like, Sal good. was good. And then Jared <laughs> and he had was just like, everybody was able to hit the ball. And then I'm just kind of like, the way that he lost it on the field when he would strike out. And I'm like, is. Shane, okay, can we do a wellness check? And he's in the stands talking, and then he goes, "But yeah, but yeah, you know, uh, that doesn't matter. I love, I love, I love Natalie." And then the cameras just stayed on him, and I'm like, "If that's why you were in such a bad mood, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, because that was a crazy spiral. Because of all things, from the spiral, not meeting the family, not." Um, this is someone who lost their father two months prior. Cause so if anything would have been a spiral, like he had so much content, but it's the fact that you struck out at your bachelor party, the baseball theme, like. No words. Like I am actually fucking speechless because like, again, it just shows the fragility of this man. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) <laughs> it's it's like laugh to keep him crying it's laugh to keep him crying because oh, yes how, yes because i was gonna, i was about to say like how can his friends see this but it's like no look at his friends his friends are like him because i want to talk to his wife the wives of his friends like the wives of his friends they give me like what shane is gonna look like in 10 years like that's what the wives of shane's friends probably i'm like if I could assume that's what I envision, because how can you look at that and like, yeah, I married up, I did it, I did what I was supposed to, that's my life partner, that's who's gonna stick with me. If God forbid something unfortunate happens, that's who's gonna hold space for my trauma. That's the father of my kids. What? 
<laughs> Tori and I are like, and <laughs> I'm like, I, li- I literally can't. I'm literally traumatized because you're right. The laugh from crying thing, because it's like, okay, so he goes on and dates another girl and ruins her and life changes. too. Nothing fucking changes. Like, oh my God. And like, it makes me so sad that people will just live there. Like, I do really feel privileged to be in therapy because it's like, I do feel really bad for people that like, clear as day need therapy and don't have access to it or it's too stigmatized or like whatever the 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 barrier is but like fuck like it's just you need some help and I I'm so glad and so thankful that this fight happened when it did because if this would have happened the day after their wedding, <gasps> they would have been married. That's, but that's a lot of women's, uh, a lot of people. Reality. That's dark. Like oh, 100%. Like 100%. Like she said, I was going to say yes until he blew up at me X night. And like, I really believe that that's what would have happened. And I just, her being extra trapped, like, in the legality of marriage and right. stuff like that is is just a terrifying and no cleanup and so his coke habit would have ravaged her for a 1k like and and you know it's what's even more chilling about when she admitted that i would have made i would have said yes and it was a yes until that fight she still ran after this man and said let's keep dating so it's not even that she wouldn't have married him she she wouldn't have married him at the timetable of this fucking show, Tori. Show, but she still wants to marry and him. And still wants to be with him. And then, oh, this is dark. <laughs> this is, like, how did we get here? It's, like, it's not us. It's, it's literally, we yes, couldn't yes, have, we yes, couldn't have written us. this if we, if we tried. I know, I know. I, I was just going to say that we were talking before the show about how uh, the other thing that just points to Natalie not knowing who Shane is as a person is her thinking that she could dump him at the altar and then everything be like, well, do you still want to like date? Are you fucking kidding me? Within three seconds of meeting Shane, I know that he could never be publicly like not that like you publicly humiliate people like you love on the regular or anything but it's like you know that that's a person that if you did any slight to them in public they're blowing up like and they could they could have (laughs) drained your your savings they could have talked to you recklessly they could have made stereotypical kind of race baiting comments they could have um diminished you in the presence of another woman that they were also sexually attracted to they could have uh, basically everything shane actually did could have done that to you and he wants unconditional grace unconditional love and compliments because we have we haven't talked about that and then the minute and here's what's so ironic is that she was actually appealing to reason in that moment right so like so your point is spot on like you can't rationalize with this person he is fundamentally irrational but the and she's appealing to reason and then that's when he thinks she's irrational and like and you thought you were gonna be able to date this man after that yes like you don't know 
Yes, because you're right. Like he he made her dumping him at for the legitimate like reasons. She was acting out for legitimate reasons, like she was like lashing out or being erratic when she had the most rational sound of mind, and he like was trying to gaslight her and she didn't let it happen. Well, she, she like quasi jury's still out. Jury's still <laughs> yeah. out. Jury, jury is still <laughs> out on what happens next. So I just like, yeah, I, I just, I think one of my biggest sto- moral of the stories for this series is just people need to be in therapy and people need to know what they're worthy of. And it is heartbreaking when you meet someone who is lovely but does not have coping skills, does not have, like, that is fucking yeah. sad. Like, I, and I think that's like an under, under discussed thing ever, but also like in this show, like, it's fucking sad if you meet someone like them, but you realize it's like wrong place, wrong time because. They don't have their shit together. And like, that's really sad because you don't get that kind of closure. You can't blame right. it on other things and stuff like that. And and I think to your point, because that's a really, I think that's the only way to end is 10 hours of misery because what <laughs> what's really dark about that is conversely, and this is why it's dark because I think this is the most realistic part of negotiating intimate relationships is because we probably know people who chose and doubled down and they either, they reconcile it with, I have a home, I have an Instagrammable life. I have, at least I have a partner of beating heart next to me. I'm not figuring things out alone. I can lose myself and my kids. Like these are real things that people negotiate like shallow loveless relationships as like not, we know we're critiquing natalie but like i i think the u.s is kind of like we're paying its bills by being a lot of natalie's right and keeping up the marriage industrial complex keeping up heteronormative values keeping up fucking literal influencing markets right like we're, this is it's a billion dollar industry of natalie's and danielle's and we're the anomaly that's like, yeah, I think my trauma, I think I kind of have to deal with this. And I, and I think I need to be okay with being myself before I invite someone in. And also to then, because of the work we've done with ourselves, we can also pinpoint when we're in relationships, what's a non-negotiable and I end this relationship or what is, okay, I can, because I know this person's also committed to the work and they're self-aware, like they're not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I, I'll continue in this relationship and you negotiate if you want it to be long-term or you end up in a relationship, but you literally had people who their entire confessionals, Ayana included, and I know we didn't talk about Ayana, but we probably don't even need to because between Danielle and Natalie, we said a lot, but like you had people in your confessionals literally marking out their red flags like communicating they saw those red flags too and then they still said yes or they still tried to amend it with natalie saying i didn't want to marry you it wins but out. let's date 
or even Sal. And I mean, we, we, we talked to him to death, but that whole appeal, let's date and to not let it go. There was still him trying to grasp and hold on to this connection. So it's like, I think that, yeah, your kind of culmination or conclusion of it all, it, it points to this reality that we have just in this world of like how we negotiate relationships. And yeah, we can make fun of it of love is blind because the reality, the hyper reality is fucking insane. Um, but literally there are people out there doing that all the time. I know people who are married that did that. I, I was caught up in certain entanglements similar to, yeah, I've dated the good guy who was a really fuck boy dressed as a good guy. And I also dated, um, the, the scrub that I loved. I was more in love with his potential who we could be wrong idea and I was uh and I dated a it wasn't coke I don't know what he was on but I also dated a, a, a debilitatingly <laughs> un, emotionally unavailable guy like Shane and with those gaslighting tactics and the aggressive harsh language to tell some like there is unless you're dating a Nazi there it's rare to actually say and mean I hate you. You're the worst thing that's ever happened to me. When you can access those feelings and actually say it in a conversation, I don't care what you're arguing about, and that's what you end on, that's dark stuff. Or it's your own projections, right? You really hate yourself. And, and Shane is the kind of person who relies on his charm, and he most likely starts to have issues with partners when they start to see the real, when, the, when he starts to become exposed, when the threat of him being exposed is on the line, then it's like that push and pull and those manipulating and aggressive language. Wow, I really did date Shane. Fuck. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wow, keeping it real goes wrong. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's like these relationships are making fun of like literally are reproduced ad infinitum in the real world. So you're right. Yeah, it, and you. You give a lot of good examples of how it manifests in interpersonal relationships, but also like kids. Because oh. then, if you have kids, then you're passing it generationally down. Like all it of angers my and... soul when I see that. Mm -hmm. Then you get Nicks, and then you mm -hmm. get Mallory's who are like, oof, like Mallory is she's that kind of person that like her walls and her being guarded is more familiar than what it means to just kind of like take that risk or to be vulnerable like I can relate to her in that sense to where like the lot of stuff that she was saying in her energy I'm like yeah man the hurt and the pain and the need to be guarded is more important than letting it go right now and I'm like yeah I've been there Mallory so I came and hate on you by the time South's tactics were kind of revealed at the end so um and Ayana which is we're, we talked about different post-childs for therapy Ayana has Ayana is the archetype. She's the post child of when in the black community, they say God can handle your trauma. And it's just kind of like, no, you can't pray that away, sis. You, you can't because she should not have even gone to the pods, not even meet Jared. She shouldn't have even gone to the pods with the stuff that she was carrying. Yes. And like, she had a lot of like, kind of like awkward ticks or like, like singing and her or, jokes, like, and her jokes and stuff. And like, I was thinking just like you, like that is it just coming out and being like, this is not 
my body is telling my is trying to tell my brain that that we're not safe wrong, and she's not that we're not safe and this is coming out but but it wasn't reflect like that wasn't reflected on or like that's why I was I didn't want to go but I had to like say Ayana like her archetype was you can't because even the prayer oh that shit was so triggering but like yes America I'm an atheist like Kyle okay (laughs) but no I actually grew up in that right and so like even the prayers and the diction of the prayers like I was like oh fuck like I know exactly what environment she's in I know what the conversations are like and it's giving very much you know um, God can't give you anything you can't handle. And this happened to you because you needed to be resilient. And then Jared's now mm-hmm. echoing this resiliency being the one defining factor that made her attractive. And I'm like, this is fucking disgusting. And I need this whole thing to go up in flames. And, but they still said yes. And it's just kind of like without actually knowing each other. So not knowing each other at all. They, they, I think that they were the couple that I was like, they almost know the least about each other god damn like if i don't hear if i don't see a divorce decree in this reunion i'm also going to be upset so it's like basically i don't i didn't want any of these people in to be in these relationships or i don't want them to have survived it's interesting though i will say this and i'm pretty sure it was a podcast of like predominantly white people that i listened to but like yesterday i was listening to a podcast and people were saying ayana and Jarrett were like the most real <laughs> When I release this, it's going to be audio only. And I wish I could capture your. You can send them to. Because I'll, I'll have the video. So we'll have the audio <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll have the video. So our followers will just be doing um, crossover work in a lot of different ways. Because oh, that was guttural. I'm so sorry. Like that came from my soul. <laughs> yeah. If you saw yeah, that and you yeah. saw that that was real, then you watch CBS shows. You see caricatures of black people. You don't actually know a black person. If you saw that and you were like, oh my God, they're the most real. And it's like, okay, you watched Martin once when you were a child. Like that is, yeah. And, and, but, but, and jokes aside, in my stories, I was talking about, but these are actually real manifestations of predominant tropes in black, in the black community and also black love, like the way black love is formulated. And it's Mm. kind of like, Mm-hmm. this this you know archetype of black women we're so resilient and that's also sexy but it's like no it's not sexy because it means we get shitted on ev- from everywhere and but we're also supposed to have the capacity and to, you're to, take to take in, it and hold your ineptitude and your mediocrity like I'm not your and and it's and it's also because you've gone through so much you can hold my stuff but no one's there to hold space for black women so I'm like that shouldn't be the thing that Jared opens his mouth and says every fucking time. And I like how every Ayana's adoptive mom said, like, yeah, and there's it's great that her resiliency is great. And also her resiliency is for her because she went through the trauma, but that's neither here nor there. But like, but also what do you like about her as a fucking human being with the poles telling you what her needs are, telling you that you and as an individual being at a party chumming up with your old girl and i you know if they're not divorced because of all the things that we're seeing i hope she divorces him from seeing the footage of him talk to mallory a stone throws away on that the fucking, so fucking saying cheating. that i would have married you and i would love yeah. to be on your on your house deed like i, I would have 
So Tori would have had to cross the border, come bail me out. And then I then I take Tori out on a tour of Chicago because she's never been. That's, how That's the goes. only recourse for this. If I see the tape, roll the tape back, and I see that Tori is jumping on a jumping on a plane, using her passport, bailing Sophie out, and then you know what someone's gonna do? So it's gonna take her to Fulton Market. So it's gonna take her to Magnificent Mile. We're gonna go to Grant Park. Okay, can we do this minus the jail? Minus the bailing out of Cook County Jail, one thousand percent. You already know. I already said that we're gonna do this. I'm gonna take you to the coffee shop where uh, uh, Shayna lied to Kyle, both face lie. We're gonna, I'm gonna take you there. I'm gonna take you there. I'm gonna take you to North Beach oh where God. Kyle's over here like stirring the pot, like it's fucking, like I'm like, does Kyle not know what show he's on? Oh like God. what messy bitch. <laughs> Also, sorry for anyone listening to this, and it's just me laughing like a fucking seal. Like, like, I'm so la- Don't listen to yeah, like like, we, like we need to give a warning. Um, a witch on clearly Shane's coke. So, like, it's 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 it's, it's, it's there's levels levels to our ugly laugh. I'm I'm <laughs> dying. Okay, can we touch on one thing of before course. we wrap up? Shakes her reaction <laughs> to Deep D saying no at the altar. I that was I think some of the best and most problematic TV I've watched in like years. Holy shit! There was like we could do another three hours on, this, on just that scene. Dude, this second time you've got me to cry. <laughs> I think this is good. I think this is good because he's acting like he's okay. Because he's like, yeah, and my dick, my dick is Nobu, and tears, tears are welling up. Like tears I, are welling up. I don't. I don't want to laugh at someone's misfortune, but I'm fucking laughing so hard because he fucking deserves it. it went down the wrong way. I know. I'm like, oh my god, now I'm gonna choke. I'm, I just have to apologize to my listeners because it's 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 and this is why I love to upload the video because of the physicality of these reactions because you spent months talking about this person's your sibling you're 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 giving us flowers in the attic you're giving us Game of Thrones you're giving us incest you're saying I would never touch with the you know ten foot pole you literally said I need to take five shots and leave the lights off. To fuck you. Fucking I would, like, <sighs> Sorry, Tori, bailing me out again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like for as a woman to watch that back and shake could never, he could never pull someone with her caliber. And so to to reduce someone, and if he said animalistic attraction, we're fucking time. Oh my god. I'm- <laughs> no one fucking says that and you said that to your mom no one like no one said no one says that no one your mom. fucking says and that then you said you said it to his mom, mom and then he goes and gets advice from shane so this guy is this guy is spiraling <laughs> it's like who should i get advice from like dude dude, dude you, like, you know you know what's up and it's just kind of like and seeing his friends and then you're just kind of like you see this world and then Finally, you know, what wasn't on his bingo card was Deep D actually having a spine, 
because he probably hasn't <laughs> dated anyone with integrity. And she actually stands up for herself and says, you know how he's going to learn? He's going to learn if I, I'm not going to pack my bags in a robe and leave like Shayna. I'm going to wait till my wedding day when I yeah, look. Fucking perfect. perfect. Like, oh my God. Per- like she literally gave me fucking chills when she, because we saw the bit of her trying on the outfit. So when she came in and all her fucking glory, I was. Gold. And he actually, and, and they oh to him and he was like, wow. Like he was taken aback. Like your man's. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he lost a couple yeah. uh, hair uh, uh, edges. And then she says, no, immediate. He wants to cry, but he can't. So I think he shouldn't open up his vet's clinic. He should become an actor because I think a lot of times actors struggle with that kind of emotional restraint. And Abhishek <laughs> was the perfect scene partner while he's making eyes. Did you see the scene where he's making eyes to the, to the white girl in the floral dress? I'm like, this is his this is his art if this is a romantic comedy he has learned nothing he's going back to his default settings with as he's crumbling inside his face swelled up he's crying not letting a tear drop again skill people abishek has skill and he's like guys it's a celebration you know this is a party (laughs) it's so sad for her because you know if i if i said yes she would have said yes and you know you, you you know i just i just feel like he would not, it's like his friends are trying to see if he's okay, and he would not pause. <laughs> they were like, hey, like, everything good? And he's like, yeah. anyways, so, like, let's like party. I said, he's like, I've got preservation. Of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, if I just continue to talk, then I don't have to think and feel emotions. <laughs> like, we're crying. We're laughing, but I'm just like, oh, that's dark. Yes. Okay. Because yes, I am laughing at the this the expense of this no, because he's man. Trash. But like because he's trash. But I I will say this is the this is how the patriarchy Ooh. works. Like it hurts it hurts people of all genders because he clearly cannot express emotion or 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 feel emotion or be vulnerable. Anyone, let alone his friends, like the people that are closest to him. And I do wonder if he pinned, if he thought it was easier to talk about not having an attraction to her than actually talk about, maybe this could be good for me. And to add to that, if he would have asked himself, why can't I find her attractive? Because I think there's one thing to say, like, I'm visibly yes. repulsed oh God, by yes. Shane. Something against Shane. Something against his 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 uh, genealogy. Like I do not find him attractive, to the point where I wouldn't let myself get an emotional connection. It was not that for Shane. He he let there was an emotional connection there, and even though he didn't have, he could have taken back the proposal after the pods. He continued as he got to know her. He constantly reiterated, "The more I find out." I love her even more. So you're still allowing yourself to build this emotional connection with this person. So it's not that you don't find her attractive. There is a refusal to go there. And there's many things. This guy talked about, that was the first brown girl he's ever dated. Um, The level of fucking posturing and the caricature work that he probably has to do in his predominantly white spaces and what he does, right? And then there's this space of the one time that I thought I was going to feel bad for Shake, then he took it right back because I think the next scene was him saying that Deep T looked like his 
aunt to Shane. Yes. It's when they met his family and he was saying how he's seeing all this repressed stuff about his culture, his identity that he's been repressing and trying to push away. And this beautiful, amazing, intelligent, smart woman to touch those innermost pieces of him. I, I was looking at that scene. And I was like, oh, this is baby shake. This is like a little baby. I'm talking to like teenager shake who has big feelings and doesn't know where to put them because like you brought up the patriarchy. And so there were these moments where I was kind of like, yeah, I see it. I want to be there with you. But ultimately he thought honoring the patriarchy was safer. And so it's not like, you know, sometimes we have our types that we gravitate towards and there are people that we, I might find attractive that you might look at me and be like, Sophie, are you okay? And, and, and vice versa. Right. But then it wasn't just like, it was an attraction issue to me. I'm sorry. Like, I don't care whatever he says. It was an attraction issue because he still allowed himself to actually fall in love, which is why he ends his, his arc just being bloated in the face, trying to hold back tears and not cry on t- in national television because he knows he fucked up. 100%. And I felt deep empathy for Deep D and Jake when they were both making a lot of light jokes about only dating white people. Yeah, and it's like, (laughs) survival tactics. (laughs) Yeah, like that, like that, obviously, like, again, that just, just highlights things that are wrong in our society, like beauty standards and pressures to fit in and be successful and what does success look like and and internalized and then so he's jerking off to this impossible standard of beauty because like I talk about on my podcast like white women being the standard of beauty like y'all aren't winning either and you said it too like you there are Mm -hmm. ticks and manifestations of insecurities that are like debilitating to live up to that standard like no one's winning those who are marginalized and those who are trying to actualize this thing that's unattainable and so, but conversely, in this sense of being on the marginalized side, like deep tea to just this be stuck in this deluded fantasy world of what perfection and beauty looks like, and to bombast deep tea with all his of his fucking shit, like that's and with and casually, like because I think I'd have respect for him where I'm like, okay, maybe this could be worked out in therapy if because I do think they he genuinely loved her. But to make it a point to humiliate and embarrass her as if she's a punchline every time he was talking with his friends or in his confessionals, I'm like, oh, you have no integrity. You have no spine. Fuck you. Like I could have I could see the the harmed child in you. But I'm that's where this grace extends. Like, I don't you have to answer to your own shit. Like you have to sit. in. Yes. Yes, because he let her be the impacted one with all of the shit that And it was, was all doing. him. And that is fucked up 100%. Can you, <laughs> I just, this like, is like 2020 level. I'm sorry, y'all. If you're, this is like the view. Like, I feel like we're putting a lot of people out of business today. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what we dissected is some real, is some real shit. Yeah, and that's, again, that's what I like in pop culture is because it really 
outside of the, yeah, the hyper-realistic like setting and stuff like that is real yeah. shit. And it, it, it just comes out so easily in these mm-hmm. settings. And I just, I love to like unpack a lot of this stuff. Oh my God. So sorry. My, my iPad's like, oh, you have 10%. <laughs> Because we just talked for hours. I I literally had it at 100%. And (laughs) even my iPad's like, this is an aggression. Please stop talking about love is blind. Like, I, I told Sophie, I was like, she was like, let's do this in parts. And I was like, you're not going to get me to stop talking. And here we I are. Honestly, like, I think uh, the shortest episode I have with a guest on my podcast is an hour and 50 minutes. So technically for me, I'm actually <laughs> ahead of schedule. <laughs> You're like, I was succinct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, eh, well. But, and, and I'm, and I'm oh sure there's so much more that we can unpack, but I feel like I kind yeah, of loved how our but, her, our conversation was just so organic, and we really did hit yes, on as yes. as far as I can tell the major major stuff. But um, I'm sure there'll be so much to say the reunion, and I mean I know you have a lot of cool friends, and you're on a lot of these great podcasts. No, but no, no, no. I would no. love to recap. Let the, me ask oh, first. you asked. I bet now yes, we're in the bachelor. Yes, yes, yes. We're in the bachelor, and I'm yes, waiting. Yes. I should pull out my <laughs> ring pop or what? A, who? Yeah, like, what did Very they propose? Flavor, like, yes, can we please do just a like a Minnesota or whatever mini episode on just the? That's cute. Episode. I love how you're already trying to speak it into like a mini episode. You already knew we're gonna talk. As I was just like, we can talk for hours. I was like, let's do it because like, yeah. with the reunion, we now are gonna have all this behind the scenes stuff. I've already put stuff in my stories mm. from Reddit where it's confirmed that some producers saw Shane doing coke and that the girl that came and was beating down Sal's sister's doors was actually a bigger event and it lasted two days. So we're going to have all this tea now. We're going to see everyone's antics on their social media and then we're going to get the reunion. And so so maybe it might be less than today's two hours, but we're going to talk about it. Yes, yes. Okay, yes, because I have like physically restrained myself from going on Reddit because I didn't want my I did listen to that one podcast. It was a moment of weakness, but I didn't want anything to cloud my like opinions. But like, you know, after this, I'm going. (laughs) Yes. And the thing is, I don't follow like I don't follow like bachelor people. So I I don't even follow these contestants. So it was literally my followers sending me stuff. And this morning I literally slept for 12 hours, Tori, like my body, like woke up at seven and was like, bitch, you crazy. And I was like, no, I got to sleep some more, but I can't be late for Tori. But I slept for 12 hours to recuperate and I woke up to 25 DMs and Mind you, I was already fielding through 40 yesterday because some people were watching. 40 <laughs> from me. Because <laughs> people were watching in real time as I was watching the latter half of the season. And But this morning, now that I guess they saw that I watched the whole show, they sent me all the Reddit stuff. And I was like, this is why I don't go on Reddit. So I don't know how Reddit works, but I get the tea from people and I then verify like, okay, this actually came from a legit place. But like, it's so fucking wild. And so the stuff is going to come out this week. And then, yeah, the reunion's on the 4th. And 
God knows when they recorded it. I really hope they recorded it after it premiered because we're not going to get the answers that we need if they recorded it before the public was able to dissect what was going on and for them to answer to that. Yeah, I I really, really hope that that's the case. I don't, I have a bad feeling it's not. I don't think they recorded it in the last like three weeks sucks or whatever, Because but... at least with the first season, because of the pandemic, they had to. Like they had yeah. to address all the social media stuff and just all the things that people were reacting mm-hmm. to. And, and oh God, I mean, oh, the, the season one, there will never be anything like it. That shit was wild. But I think the dynamics that came out in season two, there's still so much that they could dissect. And I, I really hope they do. I, I, I want more than just a status update. Like, me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah, especially like yeah, the Sal girlfriend Jesus stuff, like Christ. all of that. Like, and Kyle's debilitating need... stupidity, like and and but you know, <sighs> no, we're not gonna do it. Well, we'll. I was just gonna, gonna say, start, you, my <laughs> iPad's gonna literally shut down with like an Oscar clock countdown. Like, bitch, are you crazy? So we're gonna table anything about <laughs> Kyle for the reunion because maybe we'll get more from him then. But. I'm just so happy you even indulged me with my stopper swim fan uh, DM. And even just your time today, like I'm appreciative and I'm just so grateful for your fans and your followers because I'm all about pop culture, everything. Summer House, we'll talk about it in our DMs, but uh, the stuff that I see you, you dissect, I'm like, oh yeah, I could. Me and me, we're gonna talk about some stuff, but I'm just so grateful yes, for you. Yes. And I can't remember the last time I'm I was able to you. cry, laugh twice in a taping. So thank you, <laughs> thank you. Like seriously, thanks for your time. Thanks for setting this up because I would have never watched this godforsaken <laughs> show if you didn't DM me. Like literally, my listeners are like, "Let's do this," and I, I was like, "I actually don't think I can." <laughs> like, I, like, and then I came in and I ruined your life for you. I sorry, yeah, but you're a little welcome. Bit, a little bit. <laughs> but this is one of many episodes I'm sure we'll do. So thank you. Oh thank my you gosh, so this is so great. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. If you're still here, like, really, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it so much and thank you so much to Sophie for you know collaborating with me on this huge endeavor I am so glad that I met Sophie through this honestly um you know when you just meet someone and you just hit it off instantly I felt like that was us and what a bonus that I got to talk to someone that lives in Chicago to discuss a tv that is taking taking place in Chicago so huge get for RTVV and I really hope you all enjoyed this collaboration. If you did, please share it with your friends, uh, share it on your socials and tag me in it at RTBP podcast. Like I said at the top of the episode, I'll include all of Sophie's details in the show notes and come back for the reunion. It's going to be just as spicy, I'm sure. We're going to get into all of the fun apres show things. So I'm very, very excited for that. I hope you are all safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.